This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 49 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with James Lawrence from Rocket Agency. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brendan. Yeah, doing really, really well. And so um, let's let's uh, uh, just before we started the call, you were telling me about what you how you started life um, before you had a business. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I guess um, yeah, you could I guess you could describe me as a failed lawyer. So uh, finished high school, went into law, um, did my law degree, came out of it, and did an internship overseas at the International Criminal Court. Um, came back to Australia and was kind of about to start applying for legal jobs. And my brother, who had a web development business at the time, kind of just said, do some part-time work until you find a, a real job. Um, and yeah, essentially, we set up a business at the time, uh, building, rolling out small business websites. And I kind of took off and, you know, the, what, the law career faded what, away. And yeah. what, what year was that? So that was 2006. Yeah, we set up that business. Oh, okay. And is that an older brother or a younger brother? Yeah. So Dave, who's my oldest brother, he's 10, 10 years older than me. Oh, right. Okay. And is he still doing that web development business or is he working for you now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I like to say that he works for me, but no, we're, we're business partners in Rocket. Oh, right. Um, and have another guy in that business as well. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, – you working with your brother, that was the start of Rocket all those years ago. Yeah. So we actually we set up a, a business called the Web Showroom at the time and it was rolling out. Basically, we built content management system, which allowed us to roll out small business websites. Okay. Um, so kind of that business took off. It was kind of before WordPress and those types of platforms became so popular and easy to use. Um, and we had we were offering kind of SEO and PPC as a bolt-on service to, to our website clients. So is that something like um – it's a big commerce. They were doing that kind of thing around about that day as well, or did they come really, out? Yeah, really similar timing on that. So we actually remember going in and meeting with those guys. They were in. I think they had an office in Surrey Hills back back in the day. Yeah. And um, yeah, like talking about us maybe using some of our design services back then. Right. Um, and I think they ended up getting lots of funding. And did they go oh, to they, Texas? I think. Yeah. Big commerce. Yeah. Uh, I I listened to a podcast on them and. The guy just said it was like absolutely crazy, like the the trajectory trajectory they went on. Um, just so really know. smart guys and classy operators back then. Yeah, wow. So this was before. It's hard to believe that there was a before WordPress. <laughs> it seems yeah, like that's it's it. been around forever, but and it, I think it, it kind of was, but it just didn't. It didn't have, I guess, the the depth and the quality that it does now. So the, yeah. the benefit of our system back then was built for Australian businesses, what you see is what you get, editors, uh, e-commerce functionalities, plugging into, you know, PayPal and eWay and um, yeah. making it pretty easy for businesses to get online but then became pretty hard for a, you know, reasonably small business to compete with, you know, thousands of developers working on WordPress and right, um, okay. platforms like Wix and BigCommerce, yeah. And then so how many websites do you reckon you built back then? I don't know, 10,000 plus, something oh, like that. That's huge. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, got – it got to a, like with the business, yeah, started 2006. By 2010, we I think we had about 100 staff, probably had 5,000 active clients. The business was split between the website side of things and the marketing side of things. Mm. Um, so it was like you could, you could do it yourself, like you could do this, the, 
DIY model, and or then if it got too hard, you could go back to Rocket and ask for some customized yeah, help. Yeah, so yeah, so it was different, a different business name back then. But yeah, so we had a design team that would build, um, build and design the sites, and then you'd hand the keys over to the client, mm-hmm. um, and then it, the, the business it got very increasingly difficult to compete with you know the bigger platforms and mm. the marketing side of the business just kept growing and was yeah. attractive and the website side of the business was always just became increasingly difficult by kind of the, probably you know 2011 2012 and was it a recurring revenue model uh yeah so the the website side of the business was kind of half based on pro well, probably a bit more than that in terms of you know your project fee to build the site yeah um and then small recurring revenue from there yeah. um and then the marketing side yeah being kind of seo and ppc back then was yeah typically recurring recurring revenue so it sounds like you were you know back in 2006 your business was a real innovator and you really rode that wave yeah and then, and then um, had to change time. yeah so i think we yeah we rode the wave uh it was like really um Awesome experience and you learn a lot from growth and growth's difficult and challenging and expensive and all those types of things. But being pretty young back then, it was pretty cool being in a business that was, you know, getting into all the, you know, BRW and smart company fast growth lists. Um, the, as I said, the website side of things got pretty challenging. The marketing side, I think, was always just the attractive side. Like I had done marketing, d- digital marketing, internet marketing when I was at uni and as part-time jobs and kind of naturally always liked that side of things more um, and we just f- felt the writing was on the wall to, to kind of move out of the, the website side of things and from that Rocket was born and um, built, out the, built out an agency as, you know, more of a traditional you know, digital marketing agency. And so who were you with Rocket? Who were your first clients? Were they Was it more of a sort of corporate clients or um, not too Not too dissimilar to, to what they are today. So we obviously had... Um, a good number of clients from the old business that, that kind of came across with us at, at the time. And so for us, we deal with well-established Australian businesses. So whether they're kind of the you know, well-established upper end of small business through mm. to mid-market type businesses, they're generally our sweet spot. So um, dealing with in-house marketers and um, of the, the, probably the bigger to, to mid, mid-market Type clients and then dealing with business owners on the the smaller end of the of the scale. So you're sort of like Rocket is like the marketing department for companies not big enough to have their own. Would that would that be? Yeah, for probably half our clients, that's true. So for half of our clients, they may have one you know in house marketer or a couple of marketers in there, or, or maybe none at all. Um, in which case, we're pretty much doing everything for them from, you know, managing their website, uh, creative, you know, and typically they'd be clients with a pretty um, heavy reliance on digital, so managing Google for them, managing their social channels, managing content. Um, and then for, for some of our bigger clients, they'll have, you know, really high-quality in-house marketing teams and we'll be engaged to work typically in, you know, one or two or three channels for them. So we might be looking after, you know, their Google ads or we might be looking after their SEO or might be looking after their their Facebook strategy. Um, so it just depends, you know, on, on what their in-house capability looks like. And is there been like with all everything that's happened in 2020, do you think there's been a steer away from the idea of, I don't know, like a retainer system and more on a project basis or have you seen it? I'm just curious to see if there's been any trends from industry. Yeah. What the, You know, do they want someone there that they can rely on 
uh, it's interesting. whether she takes a fan or, or yeah. they're just uh, cutting back and saying, nah. Or, yeah. I think it depends a lot on the business where um, the nature of what we do is that it is ongoing. So it's kind of, you know, you don't do an SEO project and then kind of stop doing it or you don't, you know, run Google ads one month and, and stop doing it. So that stuff I think generally is always on and, you know, you kind of have a clear roadmap of what you're trying to achieve and what KPIs look like and um, and that's how you, you know, build the case for continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think COVID's changed whether clients looking for short-term engagements or longer-term engagements. I think obviously some businesses have been, you know, demolished from yeah. you know, the impact of COVID. Some have seen a, a boom in digital. Um, I think we feel pretty buoyant about the role of digital in the next couple of years where we will see, you know, less people going into the city, less, you know, eyeballs on back of bus, less eyeballs on you know, outdoor advertising um, and, you know, more people spending more time at home on their you know, on Facebook and on Instagram and on Google. So I think um, no doubt we've had lots of clients that have been impacted and that impacts us. But I think we see, you know, medium term that there will be, you know, a flight to digital from some, you know, more traditional marketing. Yeah, I was only just thinking this morning actually about how the internet has just in the last, I don't know, 25 years has just disrupted every single part of the world in a way. Yeah. And like, yeah, this last sort of, part is yeah as you say it's you know more flight to digital now it's funny like yeah if if something like COVID had hit 15 years ago the the impact would have just been so so magnified right in terms of all the the you know white collar work that has been able to be done from home and you know zoom and teams before you know we had the technology um or and you all know the bandwidth, all and the bandwidth to be the able bandwidth, to yeah. yeah so it's kind of um it is incredible in some ways that it's happened at this time right when we have you know and even our ability to entertain ourselves with you know netflix and <laughs> facebook and perfect timing really excellent so what so um what's your team look like today you're saying you you know at your sort of the apex of the the web business you're at 100 staff it's have you yeah you know do you have offshore staff now or everyone local yeah so yeah since so since 2008 we've had an office in the philippines um the nature of what we do means that lots of it can be done really effectively over there so um they're offshore they're our team they're, they're actually like some of our longest tenured staff are over there and um they're, they're as much a part of the company as, as as staff located in australia yeah um so yeah so we're we're, we're at an agency of 35 staff, yeah, um, which is a really nice number, and that's kind of we've built a business that you know not only is a good business, but also just suits you know what we want out of that work-life balance, and um, it's a really nice number in terms of you know knowing your team really well, um, hiring people that you know are really really good at their jobs, but you actually want to work with as well. Um, so yeah, got the office in, in Surrey Hills in Sydney, um, the office overseas in, in the Philippines as well, and. Obviously, everyone's working remotely at the moment, but um, yeah, yeah, that'll change and, at some point. And so, what's the split between the Philippines and Surrey Hills? Yeah, so it's generally like twenty, twenty-two in Sydney, and around fifteen there in, in the oh, Philippines. Okay, so you still still got the lion's share in in uh, locally. Yeah, just then, like the, to have the depth of expertise in you know the different channels we play in so um you know seo ppc design you kind of that's basically the 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 split between the offices that we need to make it work and how long do you think it took because i know a lot of eos are interested in setting up 
offshore offices. Yeah. Um, how long did it take for you to get your groove? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, we started small, so we kind of had a you know, probably logical approach. But, yeah, we started in just a couple of different functions. Um, I actually flew over there and hired our, our first couple of staff, of which two of them are still with us today, which is kind of cool. Um, we had a fortunate enough to have a, a kind of a, a friend in business that was managing the centre over there, which who helped us quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I kind of I think you'd want to give it a year, right, and we definitely – um, you need to be really clear with expectations and systems and processes and, and what you need um, from different roles. Um, we've definitely found recruitment quite challenging, you know, over over time. Um, and it, you do have to invest in training to get mm. um, the kind of the quality I, that we need. I mean, it seems like all the same issues that you would have with staff locally. You don't, yeah. you don't get it right all the time. Sometimes, no. that, you know, you get a accidentally get a gun and then other times you think you're going to get one and yeah it flops <laughs> and there's no silver bullet to any of this stuff right and i think if you don't put the hard work in an investment into recruiting the right people giving them what they need to succeed um being really clear with your expectations then you know, to your point you can't just you know close your eyes with local staff and hope for it to work and you can't do the same with with offshore staff so do you have like a bit of a ratio on like a cost you know, like, for example, is it 50% cheaper to hire the same talent in the Philippines as Australia or just mm. to give us a bit of a ballpark on obviously you've got to go through the pain to get the right people and set up yeah. the systems. And, but once it's up and running, like, can you compare sort of like for like? Or it's it's really hard. It's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of hard and it's also um, definitely like your seat cost over there is really expensive. So if you're, in, if you're kind of going – with you know through a um a provider over there that's providing you know all the infrastructure the seat cost for us over there is more expensive than having a staff member sitting in a really nice office in surrey hills which is kind of hard to believe um so seat cost is more expensive than local um the us dollar has been hammering us lately which is kind of interesting where you know i think most contracts and ours is is in is in us dollars um but yeah you and there's definitely been wage creep um in the you know 12 years that we've had people over there but it's definitely i mean wages are no doubt cheaper right so Mm. i actually don't have a number in terms of not you know being Mm. evasive but i don't have a number it's definitely cheaper but for us it's you know if if you get the wrong person in the seat over there, mm. I'd rather have the right person in the seat in Sydney, if that makes sense. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. if you can get, um, you know, an awesome engineer over there that's doing great, great work in, you know, backend SEO, then great, great to have it over there as well. And so, does that mean family holidays to Filipino islands? Do you have it you actually, been able to merge the, you know, <laughs> the love of family I, travel with? I actually work? haven't. I feel um I, I've been a bit remiss. I haven't been over there for um for a while. And the last, I think the last trip I did to the, to the Philippines was to a wedding in Boracay, and I actually couldn't squeeze in a, a visit to the office. But <laughs> no, I haven't. I should um I should work that, Brendan. That's a good good idea. When when the borders are open again. Yeah, absolutely. Something. Well, <laughs> I, I went. I remember I went to Boracay. Uh, it must have been in the mid '90s, and it was just it was like paradise. It's so good. Yeah, great place. Really, really, really good. So. What's the um, – so obviously everyone's been working from home in the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, what, what are your plans moving forward? Have you have things changed now or – I think they have changed, yeah. We, um, we've probably been very un-agency-like where we've always 
expected everyone to be in the office Monday to Friday, you know, 9 to 5.30 kind of thing. Um, there's always been a viewpoint that, you know, in order to collaborate, um, in order to, you know, to work within the team, meet your client needs, that you do need to be in the office. Um, we've been shocked at just how efficient we've been moving to, to work from home. Um, so, and lots of, you know, <laughs> my business partners included loving working from home, being more productive, getting work done, better work-life balance. So I kind of, I think, you know, the reality is, is that we're not going to have much choice anyway for the rest of the year, but mm. I can see long-term us having a blended approach where um, there's more flexibility for, for staff that want to work from home. Um, yourself, you know, inclu- yourself included, I take it. Oh, no, actually, I can't, I'm probably one of the few that would happily be there. Uh, <laughs> nine enough. to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> okay, okay. I like, I like people and being out. But, um, yeah, I think we'll, I can't really see a world in which the team is back together nine to five, Monday to Friday. I think just, you know, the, the benefits of remote staff have been clear for a long time and I think, you know, widening your talent pool as to, you know, who you can recruit isn't limited to people that can make it to your office, um, you know, within an hour. Yeah. Um, allowing people the flexibility to, you know, pick the kids up from school or, you know, do whatever it might be they they need to get done, you know, during the week. So I, yeah, I think for us it's we're we're not making any firm decisions, but we'll um the office will open again shortly. It'll be totally optional. We expect only a couple of people in there, um, and we'll just kind of work through it. But I I think it's more likely than not that forevermore we're you know a flexible working environment. It probably depends on your, um, you know, your life situation. If you maybe if you're single, you prefer to come into work. If you family, you like to have the flexibility. I guess it's, I think that's totally it, right? It's kind of the impact of COVID's been so different for different people, right? Depending on you mm-hmm. know if you live by yourself, if you live with friends, if you live in a small place, a big place, if you live with you know big family, it's it's all um it's kind of very different. So when did you um, when did you join EO James? Uh, so it must be two and a half years ago. Oh, okay. And what yeah. what led you to that decision to to jump on board? Yeah, I think I, I was at a Google uh, Premier Partner session with some agency owners. I, then the, the the topic came up, and I think someone said, "Has anyone heard of EO?" And a few people put their hands up and. Um, I can't remember who it was, but said, yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. I've never heard of it. I think I Googled it at the time and went, yeah, that looks interesting. But I, you know, I've got three little kids and I think we're in the middle of, you know, one of them being a newborn at the time. And I thought I'll do that when life kind of calms down a bit. Um, and then, yeah, just, I guess three years ago said, I'm actually going to commit to it and, um, yeah, put my, threw it up the form and, uh, got interviewed by Nick and spoke to Philippa and the rest is history. Oh, brilliant. And are any of the other partners involved? Like you, is, you, is your brother is another business partner and then you said there's a third partner Yeah, there's well. three of us. Yeah. So my brother, Dave, and then my business partner, our business partner, Gary, no, neither of them are involved and, um, yeah, I don't, th- don't think they will be. Yeah, fair enough. And is Gary, um, you were saying your brother's 10 years senior to you. Um, is Gary sort of your age or? No, so he's an old man as well. He, he and Dave are kind of um, mates from, from you know, when they are about 13, I think. So they kind of, they had the web development business together and oh, then cool. I joined them and, and we rolled out the new business. So they've been in business together since, God, like 98 or 97 or something like that. that. That's incredible. What do you think is the key to such a long successful partnership yeah it's, it's really interesting I, I for me 
think there's a few things, but one is I think having really similar kind of life goals where mm -hmm. I think if you've got business partners that want very different things from life, um, I think that can be quite challenging in terms of just dividing, you know, decision-making. Um, I think there's obviously got to be a mutual respect where I think if you don't respect the other person, you're going to have friction. Mm. Um, and then just complementary skills, right? So Gaz is um, an absolute freak. He, you know, he, he was basically the developer that built, you know, the, the entire platform back in the day. He's since retooled as a paid media engineer, and so he's our head of paid media, and he's amazing at it. So, so he's kind of like the tech engineer. Th that's it, right? And then so Dave, um, Dave would studied economics and um, had some kind of design skills back in the days. So, but he's probably more business minded um, yep. in general. So he kind of he's our MD and. He and Gaz, when they were working together, Dave would be more on the business side and client side, and, and Gaz would be more on the, the, the tech back. side. Yep. Um, and then so, you're and you're the the marketing brains. <laughs> maybe something like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm and I'm happier, you know, meeting with clients, uh, dealing with clients on an ongoing basis, um, working with, you know, our consultants onboarding new clients. I think it's like the three of us gel quite nicely as well yeah. in terms of our respective roles yeah no i'm just thinking for gary i mean you know they've your brother and gary have obviously had a very firm partnership to allow the little brother in on the action <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. like if it was if you if that wasn't really solid then i could see that some partners might be it's could really be funny. Could be threatened by that, you know yeah so. and we've like it's it's no exaggeration to say that in the last 14 years we've never had a disagreement, like a proper disagreement about anything oh, in that's, business. That's beautiful. Um, that's and Gaz and I are great mates, and it's um, it's yeah, it's really, it's quite unique. And you you hear other stories of you know people in business with with um, partners they really really struggle with, and the friction and stress and yeah. everything else that gets caused by it. Um, and it's I'm just yeah, it's very. Do, do you think it's Do you think it's because the the business is profitable? No, because we've gone through really challenging times, right? Like it was, um, you know, when the old business and, and the website side of things was struggling, you know, we weren't doing well. It was, it was really hard. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, we all, we've all had ups and downs and, you know, I don't think there wouldn't be too many people that have had, you know, business for 14 years that's all been yeah, rosy, um, you know, rosy happy, happy days, right? So, you yeah, know, we've gone through challenging times and never has that kind of, yeah, caused mm. any, you know, friction. And um, inevitably we've all dropped the ball from time to time right it just happens and yeah. we i think we all just respect each other enough that you you know you get through yeah well i mean it's you know having a partnership going for that long and three of you it's a rare thing so yeah congratulations it's a bless it sounds like a blessing well they have to put up with me which i don't know, you know. <laughs> goes three ways hey? so. congratulate them don't congratulate me <laughs> fair enough all right james well we, we might um wrap up the interview. I've just got five quick questions to ask you. Firstly, yeah, how cool. old are you? Uh, Thirty-nine. And then, what do you like to do to keep fit? PT. Okay. So, as in, you are a PT, or you <laughs> you, God, you, no. you like someone uh, whipping you to someone to, whipping uh, me? Yeah. yeah fair two, two mornings a week, and then a run on the weekend. Okay. Brilliant. And um, uh, do you have any personal goals that you're looking to achieve in the next twelve months? Um, what am I working on in the next 12 months? Well, I'm getting this house build done, which I was talking to you about before mm. we started the podcast. Mm. I want to get that done on budget and, and stress-free. When's, um, when's that due to complete? Christmas. Christmas. Ah, oh, yeah. that bloody Christmas. It's yeah. always it's has get a done. line Trust in the me. sand, don't they? <laughs> it's my goal for the year, Brendan. <laughs> okay, good, good. 
And um, if you could be remembered for one uh, thing in business, what would that be? Good question. Um, I think doing the right thing, not always putting the dollar first. Okay, fantastic. And then finally, uh, how uh, how can people find out a little bit more about Rocket Agency? What's your website? Yeah, uh, rocketagency.com.au. Um, so I'd like to think as a marketing business that if you visit the website, yeah, you should be able to figure out what we do. How's your SEO? Do you put it? Do you put it's a terrible. We use other agency it? for it. Yeah, we we um no, we actually do. We kind of um. We're probably a little bit like the plumber with the leaking tap up until about two years ago. Yeah. And then, yeah, the last two years we've put a lot of effort into lots of content marketing, practicing what we preach, Mm. um, do reasonable amounts of SEO. It's super competitive, as you'd imagine. We're pretty judicious with the the terms we target, do a good amount of Google, lots of email uh, Google ads, lots of email marketing. Um, So, yeah, no, I've got um, marketing going pretty well. Doing all the same things that you do for your clients. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Okay, mate. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. 